slow readers is Bangala. Oh no, we're Poisonwood? Yes, hit the theme music. Yeah, you say that. I'm the only one who always comes out louder, too. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what, it's the air, not the volume. You're air. I'm always holding back, too. You're hot air. You're hot air. All right. Welcome, listener readers. Hello, everyone. To uh, Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation's always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on Bibles. It's always on poison. It's always on wood. It's always on Africa. It's always on the light. It's always on Black Mambas. Green Mambas. Green Mambas, not yes. Black Mambas. Not, not Kill Bill. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and some other shit. Welcome to another exciting episode of Slow Readers. Of Stranded and Branded. Stranded and Branded. This is another exciting episode of Stranded, but before we talk about what Stranded is, mm-hmm. Gabriel, who and what are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. And you have a frog in your throat. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gabe Mara. It's very early for us. I'm Gabe Mara, and I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer, and if you hunt me down like the dog I am, you might find me working behind a bar. Co-host, who are you? Yeah, if they set you on fire and then leash you out into like a the, into the jungle. Why are you setting dogs on fire? Uh, what? What? Huh? There we go on. It's a, it's a scene from this book. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I am Daniel Gonzalez. Uh, 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 an audio producer, editor, writer, and an author. Yeah, huh? Yes. Uh, and this is our dumb show. Yeah. Uh, for the this is like we're like we're like a hundred and forty episodes deep. God damn. Something like that. We're almost I, at one fifty. Let me actually look this up. I keep blanking out because I, th- I keep thinking that we're closer to one thirty, but I think we're closer to one thirty. Uh, one forty. My God. Um, we should be stopped. We should be. Somebody needs to. Somebody stop me. Smoking. You know who said that? Um, I believe that was a uh, um, Titch Not Tan. Oh, yeah. How, is that how you say that? I don't think that's how that's pronounced I at all. Actually, I think it's Titch Not Tan. All right, maybe. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be episode one thirty-five. Hey, wow, we're, we're really rocking, rocking yeah. them up there. Only fifteen more episodes until it's one hundred and fifty. Yeah, boy, that's fucking bonkers. Gabriel. Yep. So this is a show. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a literature podcast. We do. We talk about literature. We're already yeah. talking about literature. Fucking hell. Um, I didn't say real this time. And I say that this is another continuing episode of a little mini series we're doing called Stranded. Mm -hmm. We're, uh, we're, it's going to be ending soon, but we're, uh, it's basically, we're going through all of the books in the Strand 80 list, uh, which is basically uh, a list curated by the, um, fans and customers of the Strand Bookstore. Yes. Uh, the Strand is one of the biggest bookstores in the world. It is the bookstore in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. It's in uh, uh, that Union Square uh, yeah. neighborhood. Village-ish. Village-ish. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, we're going through them, and uh, it's pretty great because every time we roll, we always select the longest books. Yeah. Um, I mean... For, like some of them have been great, some of them have been terrible, some of mm-hmm. them have been middle of ground. Yeah, they're all long. Yes, indeed. I think the like, I, I, like the last time we rolled something and it wasn't a long book was a like Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, something like well, that. What was the longest one we did roll? Was it Gone with the Wind? And we like we like vetoed that one. Yeah, there was there was Gone with the Wind. There's I, this. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I finished this. I refuse to finish Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And uh, I, I think this and I think East of Eden were roughly the same size. I oh, think yeah. this might have been actually slightly longer. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think. What? Where, where else? I don't know. But I'm sure the next time. And also the next 
book we're fucking reading for this is Anna Karenina. Yeah. Which is something I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Another very long book. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm already like breezing through it. Yeah, well, I'm reading Raymond Carver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel. Yeah. So this is the show. Sure is. <laughs> and and also, you know, for this for this week. Gabriel, this is this is so strange. I feel like this day would have never. Uh, uh, let me say it again. Uh, I feel like this day never would have come. What day is that? Uh, the day where apparently we're wrapping up our discussion on a little book called the Poisonwood Bible. Yeah. By Marge King Problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel. By Barry Queen. Um. <laughs> yeah. Queen Problem. Yes. By uh, uh, uh Benoit Blanc. There you go. Uh, Gabriel. Everyone see Knives Out. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this is the second time we're doing uh, The Poison Bible. Yeah, part two. Poison Bible by Barbara Kingsolver. We keep saying uh, for, and this is kind of incredible, let's just go back and discuss this this adventure, right? Where I, rem- I remember landing on The Poison Bible yes. when we rolled it and being like, oh, yeah, I've always heard of that book. I, yeah. you know, I, I, I'd known of it, but yeah. I never knew anything about it. Yeah, I, I've always seen the Kingsolver name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that this is a big deal book. Yes. Um, Oprah picked it. And then I look it up, realize that it's about 200,000 words long. Uh-huh. Um, AKA in book format, the one that uh, I'm reading. Because I have the hardcover. You have the paperback. I sure do. Uh, mine, mine is 545 pages, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure yours is probably close. looks the same yeah, size. Yeah, probably about the exact same. Uh, and then kind of being bummed out by that. Yeah, 543. Uh, hearing how much... I mean, clearly, all books in the Strand 80 are beloved you know? Yeah, by some group or another. Yes, and also by Toni Morrison. Yeah. Uh, but, um... You told me Toni Morrison loves this one? Yeah, um... I mean, I, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I hate to almost get into this. This is something of a sidetrack, and I'm so sorry for doing this right off the bat. Whoa, but, a sidetrack? Yeah, well, uh, the Overdue Podcast, which I've told you about many times, it's, yeah. a, it's a really solid podcast where basically two dudes, not not unlike us bunch of jackasses, mm-hmm. uh, read... Two read, men make a bunch. Basically, like, the one guy reads a book one week, and the next week, the other guy write, reads the book. And basically, the whole idea is that they talk about everything about the book. There's These are quote-unquote books you should have read already. Sure. Um... And they, they, yeah, they have different perspectives or whatever. But recently, they but did. We're cooler. Recently, oh, totally. We're, we're also. So, we're so I, 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 I also. I bet. I bet we're taller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but um, recently they did uh, Anne Ryan's Fountainhead. I don't know the difference between those two books, but I have never. Known. It's it's a uh, yeah. It's Fountainhead. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's Fountainhead. And like they go into the history about like why why Anne Rand is so popular today mm-hmm. um, and I'm not going to get into this because unfortunately one of these times we're going to be reading one of these Anne Rand books Inevitably. Because, because I think there's three there's Atlas Shrugged, Fountainhead and uh, Anthem sure and it's it's like this really interesting concept where like um, Anne Rand uh, those are three fiction books um, they're extremely popular in the uh, uh, Republican Party uh, and also just like around conservatives. Yeah. Um, like F- faux libertarians. Uh, Paul Ryan mm-hmm. apparently like whenever it's time for him to give gifts out or like when he got the job or something like that, he gave everybody a copy of I, I think Anthem. Gross. Like, it- it's stuff like that, but it's very interesting because of there's like this out there's like this uh there's like this program under Anne Rand's name. That basically uh, reaches out to young Americans and says, "Hey, look! Uh, every year or so, each of these books has like a different like a uh, what do you call it, like age rating? Sure. And at one stage or another, you read it, and then you kind of like write an essay about what you've read. Um, and apparently, so like they're very much there. Literally, is like a program by the by the like affiliated that like reaches out to kids and whatnot. Sure. Um, and it's just fucking fascinating. Also, like be- the philosophical." 
points of those books, like as they point out wonderfully, is like it speaks to young minds very well. I believe that. This whole idea where it's like, listen, if you want to be spectacular, if you want to be like, you know, above normal, go for it. The world should actually bend to your whims because it's the idea that like, if you're amazing, be amazing. And then like, but there's a lot of nuance that like, it makes you be like, well, what about in the larger global scale this? And then, you know, kind of falls apart. But I have to wonder, what would I be if I'd read that instead of like Camus when I was in high school? Uh, I'm honestly conservative. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I hope not. Uh, I mean, because basically that's that's kind of what happens. Probably I mean, that makes one hundred percent sense. I'd be I'd be Paul Ryan. You, Maybe I'd be a raging success. You would, yeah. You would you instead would. of thinking about consideration of other human beings and general despair. Yeah, instead of thinking about you, you think about like, uh, hey, I'm the man with a plan. Uh, how am I going to change the world? Instead, I spent hours debating. Hmm, is the only way to defy destinies to kill yourself? Hmm. <laughs> Where are you, Dan Harmon? Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, but no, I just wanted to go like because just talking about like how some of these books. I, I think it's actually kind of strange. Wait, so this is not going to tie back to Barbara King Solver? No, it's it's just about like the popularity and strandating. Oh, okay. In general, that's what I meant to say. No, I buy that. Um, because like, and it's not. You could make the same thing argument about Harry Potter and all those books in there. You can. Well, that's something different. I don't know. We'll we'll, t- we'll talk about those those Harry Potter. I'm actually surprised we haven't landed on any of them so far. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Fucking five. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But uh, no, it's just the idea to think about like how some of these books. I'm always, I'm always Gabriel. We always talk about like I wonder if certain books speak to younger audiences. Like, oh, of course they do. Because uh, like like something like the Poisonwood Bible. Like, who is voting in this in this thing? Like, it's well, I, my guess is not not to diminish it by any means, not to diminish the people who support it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like moms and like book clubs. Yeah, I mean, open I mean, fucking. If Oprah picked it, that means that millions of people are reading it. That book clubs exist just to support Oprah's book club. Yeah, and Oprah don't pick no bad books except. Well, I mean, I haven't I haven't read a million little pieces, but um, <laughs> I think that oh, like Queen Tastemaker Oprah, she's definitely backed this one, and it's an excellent read. Hashtag Queen. Hashtag Queen, and. I feel like, I mean, that's, there's, it's a nice thing to always know that, I've always had this debate of people, is it better to read trash or not read anything at all? And I'm like, it's better to read trash, because if you're reading trash, at least you are reading, and it's going to be a gateway to reading better books altogether. <laughs> yeah, and uh, not to get too far ahead, but I'm pretty sure we're not specifically talking about Poison Revival, Hillbrow. Um, yeah, no, uh, many, many uh, great writers have pointed out, it's like, read, read, like read everything yeah i'd rather hang out with someone who reads the twilight books and someone who doesn't read oh totally um uh gabriel you know this as well and on and stephen king's on writing he makes mm. the point it's like some of the best education you'll ever have in in creating and writing yeah um read a bad book yeah consume bad art yeah uh william faulkner has this really great quote where he's just like read read everything yeah. read the newspaper read the great classics read utter shit Read everything because you can learn from everything. Hey, that's the basic. That's what's it called. That's our show's mantra. Read everything. Read all shit. Read. Read nothing but shit. <laughs> read nothing but shit. Dive in. Cover that, yourself in poo. That's it. Fuck you, stranded. Uh, not not actually not the bookstore. Um, uh, the people who voted. Yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> I I will continue to back that. It's like really, guys who voted in the strand eighty. Co- really? Yeah. And then also the people who allowed individual Harry Potter books to be voted in, uh-huh. big problem there. Yeah, really not happy about that. And I'm pretty sure because there's also multi- uh, different versions of like the Strand 80 that like have like the orders kind of off. Mm-hmm. I think the one truly is like based on popularity of people who voted. Yeah. Um, like as in like one was highly voted because all those Anne Rowan books were like right together. 
Yeah, I could buy that. Yeah, because I think that is the case. Yeah. So that's the, the so this is something else that's kind of like feeding into like the strain eighty. It's like this Anne Rand thing, the Harry Potter thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so we, enough about we love the Strand. <laughs> yeah, the Strand's a great bookstore. Uh, mm-hmm. They now sell. You know, uh, last time I was there, I was surprised to see that they sell uh, used books. I didn't remember them selling used books. Uh, what do you know, mean? In the past, maybe I don't know. Maybe, to be honest, I never really went into the Strand all that much. Oh, they've always sold used books. I didn't know that. Yeah, especially outside. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. With the use, with the really cheapy stuff. Yeah. Cheapy peepees. Yeah. Basically, I, I've, I don't think I've ever made a trip to New York where I didn't stop by the Strand. Yeah. Supposedly, right now, uh, uh, uh the whole East Coast is getting slammed by a, a winter by storm. By ice storms, yeah. Which we find out from our old dear friend Katie Kack. Yeah. Katie Kack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to hear from Katie Kack, check out Watchmen on the Clock, a Watchmen recap show. So, um, that said, Gabriel, Barbara Kingsolver, baby boy. Barbara Kingsolver, we're concluding. Our discussion on the Poisonwood Bible. The Poisonwood Bible, but Gabriel, yeah, it's been a while. It's since, been a minute since we did the first minute. Mm-hmm. G- can you kind of catch us up first on some like kind of back history on who Barbara Kingsolver is? Because uh, as we said before, neither of us are familiar with her. Yeah, before I really this. know anything about her. So. Well, I only did a little bit of research. I mean, last time I did this episode, this book, um, you did the research on her personally, uh-huh. so we learned a little bit about her. That she's a poobah of sorts. Um, Pooba. Yeah, one of those grand high poobas. Pooba. Basically, all you should really know is that she is an author. She is an American author. And um, prior to writing this book, well, when she, when she was a child, when she was like in the second grade, her father, who was a doctor, actually went on a missionary, not missionary, went on a medical trip to um, Africa where mm-hmm. her father was giving medical assistance. So she spent time in the jungle in Africa and playing with like kids there. So it's kind of a nuts thing. Mm. So, um, rather than going on a bio of King Solver herself, here's some really neat stuff that I found on her own website. She has a Q&A section about the books. Here is the first, like, question people ask her on it, which is kind of really neat. It's, so, the history of the cultural, religious, and economic imperialism in Africa is not an easy subject. What made you go there, and why specifically the Congo in 1960? Here is Babs' answer. The story came from a long-term fascination of politics and culpability, and my belief that what happened at the Congo in 1961, which is the the coup, the killing of um, Patrice Lumumba, the first democratically elected prime minister of the Congo. And the rise of Mobutu. And the rise of Mobutu, um, Mobutu. who was just Mobutu. 10 out of 10, not a chill guy. Mm, not a cool guy. Uh, it's one of the most important political parables of the century. I thought about the story for a very long time, ever since the early 80s, when I read Jonathan Quitney's Endless Enemies, a stunning nonfiction account of that piece of history. I guess a lot of that's about, you know, the CIA putting in dictators, anti-communist dictators. Yes, this was included in the Michael Mann movie, Ali, really? in, the, in cool. the background. And it was very distracting because, uh, like a lot of, like, Michael Mann, like, bigger movies and whatnot, like, it touches on these huge historical, like, moments that, like, people, if you're not familiar with the subject, are kind of like, like, what is going on? Michael Mann not why, holding hands. Why is this Muhammad Ali movie about the CIA all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm um, going on. Here's how I frame the question to myself. Nearly every industrialized country has arrived at its present prosperity by doing awful things. Extracting wealth from some unfortunate locale, whether in the form of tea or diamonds, cheap labor, or even human slaves. Mm. Most of us alive today didn't participate in those decisions, but we do benefit materially from this history. How do we think about that, if at all? I mean, I sure didn't. (laughs) England has a strong tradition of post-colonial literature, but here in the U.S., we can hardly even say the word post-colonial. We are a colony ourselves, etc. Um, if we can overlook an agricultural economy originally built on slave labor and the odd coup our CIA has organized here and there to control economic interests in Chile's copper, Congo's cobalt, and so on, we still would really like to think of ourselves as the global good guys. Who wouldn't? Denial is one path to redemption, but it leaves certain holes and the possibility of repeat offense. 
I'm keen to look at history and study truth in all its facets. I think this is one of the ways novelists can earn our keep, morally speaking. So I decided to dive into the heart of, heart, the heart of darkness and write about paths to redemption. It's a large ambition. I waited many years to begin. I'd have waited a hundred, but realized I'd be dead before I was really wise enough to write this book, so I better give it a shot. Nice. Yeah, she's a cool uh, woman. Yeah, no, she's yeah. she's really, really... I'm... I'm for, for, I, I think I like books, and I know books. Never heard of her before, mm-hmm. and having read this one finally in totality, hot damn. <clears throat> yeah, there's a <clears throat> no frog okay. I know. Honestly, I need to eat more honey. Yeah, you do need to eat more honey, or else we're going to have to do the our morning talk show. Hey, it's, it's me. It's... it's a uh, Skatman. It's Ravager and the Bear. Ravager and the Bear. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the morning uh, morning like zoo, zoo crew, crew team. It's animal plus like some kind of uh, 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 something analogous to like the crazy man, the madman, or something the like Ravager? that. The Ravager. The Ravager. All right, <laughs> Jesus, that sounds like like what is this a weird like imperial like horrible like apocalypse kind of thing? Yeah, it's Rav- the Ravager and the Bear. It's like characters from Fallout or something. Pretty yeah. much. All right. So Daniel, I'm sorry. Do you have, do you have more more? To, I have more it? random stuff to add to it, but basically, like that, um, she, um, part of her writing this whole thing, she spent a year getting the voices of the Price Girls, which mm-hmm. is really neat. Um, she did a lot of research into it, including that book, Endless Enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a bibliography at the at the end. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff in there. S- sources and um, such. an interesting thing about thing, an interesting thing about this book is that um, people often criticize it. Certain people often criticize it for being uh, anti-Christian. But, like, yeah, Daniel gave, like, a full-on Liz Lemon eye roll, <laughs> which I completely agree with. And he, let me read this last paragraph here. I really enjoyed In regards to Nathan, people ask her, do you feel you did justice to him and his faith? Uh, hold on. She has this really great quote. Or I mentioned it before. Yeah, take your time. I'm, I'm actually on. looking at the... Uh... The, the sources used at the back, which also include, like, fiction, including uh, uh, Heart of Darkness and also Things Fall Apart. Oh, yeah. Things Fall Apart's a huge... I mean, at some point, Rachel even says Things Fall Apart, which yeah, is a great little thing. Yeah, she does, yeah, towards the end. Well, here's... So here's... um. Every, every time I see that, I'm like, is that just, like, a like a, like an, a popular African phrase or something like that? Like, why does that keep coming up? But no, I, mean, I guess if she's referencing the book, Things Fall Apart, then that kind yeah, of... Yeah, I don't think Rachel was. Yeah. So, I mean, so in response to the question, do you feel you did justice to him and his faith? Um, here's a quick thing. Uh, when people ask if I, quote, did him justice, I have no idea what they mean, because obviously I don't owe him anything. He's a character invented by me to serve my plot. I count on readers to know what literary fiction is and to understand the relationship between character and theme. Which is funny. Yeah, people don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, people really don't. It's like, Pe- like, she's like, do you do justice by him? I'm like, who? My invented character? It's like yeah. that uh, that Donald Glover stand-up bit, like uh, when he makes a joke about um, uh, a fictional woman in a wheelchair who got uh-huh. shot, and the audience goes, aww, and Donald Glover's response is, yeah, aww, poor fictional lady I made up to prove a point. Poor her. <laughs> but let me finish this quote here. Okay. Did I do justice to his faith? I would call his faith deeply misguided Christianity combined with mental illness, and yes, I think I pegged it. But many other spiritual traditions are also represented here. I have no antagonism towards generous hearted Christianity or missionaries, and I took some care to show that. My favorite character is Brother Fowles, a Christian who does beautiful things with the notion of mission. At one point in the novel, he says, there are Christians, and there are Christians. That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, this, yeah, no, it's, uh, not to get too far ahead, but clearly, like, the depiction of, like, Christians and missionaries and whatnot are fairly nuanced, but, I mean, they kind of, I mean, clearly it's very critical. 
mm-hmm. on uh, it's it's more critical on general white imperialism. Yeah, like white imperialism, colonialism, and as such like that. Like it's like that's what it's mainly about and, presumptuousness. And sh- yeah, the church, the Christian church, has a long history of being kind of arrogant let's say mm-hmm. about like about going to various places around the world and being like these people need to learn about god and yeah yeah and this is very much personified few in things more repulsive to me in the history of man yeah i know so uh gabriel um yeah. let me let me start to see if i can catch us up with the poison of bible what we covered last time yeah do you want to do a super quick recap uh yeah uh for like because like i think last time we did like the first like 200 to 300 pages roughly yeah. uh it actually did take me a while to figure out where i was sure <laughs> to start it was and let me tell you in this book it's really kind of uh uh it's a struggle to be like where am i ah, f- who am i fuck uh-huh. What am I? <laughs> uh, no. Um, so okay. So this is the story of the Price family. Yes. Uh, the father Nathan is a Christian missionary. Yeah, Southern who, Baptist. Yeah, Southern Baptist missionary. Uh, his wife is Orleana. Mm-hmm. If I, if, every time I say it, it's like, did, did I say that wrong? Yeah, it rolls off the mouth. Or, oddly. Orleana. Orleana. It sounds like. Yeah. No. It's. Um, I feel the, like the saliva pool in my mouth as I say the, say the name. Orleana. Yeah. Orleana, the mother. Uh, who basically for mo- for like a, a large section of the book is very submissive to her husband. She's very much like like the the pastor's wife essentially, uh, and suffers like all that and whatnot. And uh, there are four daughters. Um, the eldest is Rachel, yes, who's basically more of just like a typical like white teenager in America who yeah. who believes in like who's like very like absorbed in like. Consumerism. Uh, consumerism, beauty, like the usual like materialism and whatnot. Yeah. Then there's the twins. There's Leah and Ada. Mm-hmm. Uh Leah is kind of like the headstrong uh tomboy-ish yeah. um girl who starts out being like a total daddy's princess. Mm-hmm. Um who's like totally saying like daddy can do no wrong. Daddy's you know, I believe in everything that daddy says. Mm-hmm. And of course this, this is kind of the story about that changing. Yes. Um and then there's Ada, her twin sister, who was and I don't oh, fuck, I don't hemiplegic? Um, something like that, yeah. Hemiplegic sounds like a blood disease. It does, isn't it? Yeah. It's like hemoplegic. Something like that. But um basically it's uh she was born uh with a, a a certain, let's call it disability. That might be insensitive, but uh, basically, like one side of her brain uh, came out, yeah, quote unquote, not damage. Yeah, it, it's like with brain damage. So, and it's kind of it's an interesting thing. I'm not really familiar with. It's more familiar with apparently stroke victims. Mm. Um, Hem- hemiplegia. Hemiplegia. Yeah. Hemipar- hemiparesis. Hemiparesis. Mm-hmm. All right, that sounded like the same last thing you said. I don't yeah. know, uh, but. Uh, um, where basically, like, uh, she lost functions on, like, the one side of her, like, one half of her body. Mm-hmm. And that kind of materializes in certain ways, such as, for example, like, she doesn't, uh, she can talk, but she chooses not to talk. Yes. And she also, in a sense, reads backwards. And yeah. She, she also writes backwards. Too. Yeah. She she is very, she is brilliant. She's a brilliant mind mm-hmm. that's, like, that she kind of just keeps under her own lock and key for her own reasons. Yes. And then there's... The youngest, the baby, whereas, like, uh, at the start of the book, uh, what, Rachel is, like, 15, Mm -hmm. the twins are 14, then there's five-year-old Ruth May, who's just an innocent child. Yeah. Uh, She she is both, like, very blunt about, like, the racism her family kind of holds in its, like, culture right off the bat. I remember because everyone's, like, everyone's talking about, it's like, oh, these, these beautiful people were here to bring Christianity to their hearts. And then, like, Ruth May's head is saying, like, yeah, we're here to save the black people because the black people need to be saved because they're dirt, you know, like, it, it's just... Yeah, she's just parroting. However, and then... Like she, Methuselah. But, she, yeah, that's a good point. She, um, she's also, like, the one who can just, like, 
without even knowing like the cultural language, just like make friends with other kids exactly. and such like that. So, but uh, the, yeah, and then basically for the first half of the the book, um, the Price family kind of arrives in uh, the Congo and whatnot. Yeah, like and in do you remember the sixty? Do, do you remember the name of the villain? It's right at the Kilanga. End. Kilanga, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, where basically they show up in Kilanga, kind of unprepared to live in the jungle, essentially. Yeah, they bring all this stuff that is completely yeah. worthless in Africa. It, it's stuff that belongs in like a suburban white house oh no hit snakes oh no uh Did but, you know green mambas can fall from trees uh, yeah, <laughs> that sucks huh? yeah actually but daniel you know more about green mambas than i do because i actively do not look up like creepy crawlies that can kill me i usually don't look up snakes though snakes uh snakes are strange i hate snakes but um i i you know i always find it very curious people have a hatred of snakes i mean it, it makes sense because they're actively dangerous yes um whereas like there's anything other... that can bite me once and kill me i do not like yeah people feel that kind of fear about like a- animals like like rats or spiders which like yeah. most of them aren't going to bother you i'm not afraid of rats i i, I there's very... i'm not scared of rats cats are terrible <laughs> i like i like it's a mammal i can identify a mammal yeah but they those are actually some of the most dangerous i would totally i have a pet rat like rats that's different though having a pet rat and also that's just true. like, like, like a quote-unquote wild rat <laughs> i don't want a wild like i don't want a new york subway rat on like on my lap but yeah you would you fucking sicko i do like rats uh so we'll come back to the thing so uh so again like they kind of bring all this like junk that would belong in like a like a white suburban house like yeah. you know cake mix and such mm-hmm. because they're just like well, we're not gonna have cake mix when you bring so like they bring all this shit over um right away nathan is very much like a fire and brimstone flannery o'connor type sure like like create like crazy pastor who has no joy Mm-hmm. And his kind of like understanding of Christianity and the way he preaches. Yeah, well, before, um, um, like, for this, I guess, is on me. Um, last time we recorded, I, I hadn't gotten yet to the point where we find out the all important elements of Nathan's yeah. backstory. Um, that's very fun. Because we said last time that, I mean, you said it's like, man, I hope there's no, like, a Nathan. Because, like, uh, the entire book is told basically from the perspectives of the women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mostly the daughters. Mostly the daughters. Like, each, each of the. F- Five parts, pretty much. I think so. Are are t- is is like told from the perspective of the mother or Liana, mm-hmm. um, and then like most of the book basically just kind of like uh uh, uh goes through each of like the uh the the four daughters for the most part. Yeah, they're they're technically um, se- seven parts. Yes, very very fucking esque. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh no um and you said like man I hope Nathan doesn't get a chapter mm-hmm. and like but we literally stopped I think right before or Liana kind of goes into the history of Nathan, yes. which is, I guess, where we should start. I don't know if there's too much, like, let's say plot-wise that happens in that first half that really need to, to yeah, cover as much. Yeah, I mean, basically, we covered all that we really need to know in that beginning. But, uh, yeah, um, when we start, we, like, Orleana says, like, well, like, kind of explains the back history of, of her husband, Nathan, yes. the father, who um, was in, this is World War II, yeah, Japanese. Yes. Um, World War II, uh, uh, oh, I don't remember the name, so I'll throw it to you, um, where basically he's feeling uh, an immense guilt. He used to be a a good guy. Yeah, he was a. They they had they had a nice young courtship. We're on the back in the south, back in Georgia, mm-hmm. and then he gets drafted into the war. Where, through a goofy accident, he gets knocked out and gets lost. And when he wakes up, he discovers that his entire troop mm-hmm. was killed in the Bataan Death March in the Philippines. Yeah, which um, uh, if I remember this right, uh, it was basically a, like a moment where um. The Americans were on like a retreat from the from the uh, Japanese uh, 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 opponents, 
and ba- and like once they were eventually like captured because they were literally like like running away for like days on end like mm-hmm. completely exhausted and starving they were forced to march to like a different location for like three straight days without rest or food Some, and- honestly I have I have researched very little into the Bataan death yeah. march other than knowing that it was akin to the Trail of Tears a long long forced march where everyone died yeah it, it was something where like uh, I didn't know what it is I looked it up uh where it was like something like a hundred something thousand people died. Sixty to eighty thousand. Close. <laughs> I yes. thought it was like I remember reading something like a hundred something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a different. Oh no, number. I'm sorry. Like um, that was how many were marching. Um, there was uh, five thousand to eighteen thousand Filipino deaths and five hundred to six fifty American deaths. Okay. Yeah. So Nathan basically, um, so much of his conviction and his his deep deep feeling of um, inadequacy and fear comes from the fact that he feels like a coward for having not died of his troop and having been like whoops <laughs> mm-hmm. and finding out that everyone died but him he should have died with them yeah uh so and that's that's the only kind of explanation like, he feels like a coward yeah that, that, that's the only explanation we really get into why he is the way he is other than the fact that he's just like other than otherwise he'd just be like a dick i don't know yeah you know um, like that, that's a pretty good justification I mean, it's a terrible thing it, he yeah. does, but it, it's it, it it it's clearly something that's it's so masculine, like so fragilely masculine, yeah. where he should just be happy to be alive. Instead, he's consumed by this endless guilt and feeling of cowardice and unworthiness. Yeah, I know it's it's strange because Gabriel, I think me and you, and this might be like a classism kind of thing. Yeah, also, you and I are the most toxic masculine guys I've ever met. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna say that like we, we kind of don't under it, it still exists today, but we're not the kind of people to be affected by this. But it was mainly like this thing that existed in like 20th century America, sure, uh, before Vietnam, before the Pers- Second Persian Gulf War of mm-hmm. like of like feeling it's like a man's duty to serve and like it's like one of sure. like the the finest. I mean, it's it's a hard thing to kind of comprehend how much that was just like a value men had yeah back then and i'm kind of maybe perhaps researching a project that involves something about that mm-hmm. about like people who for example um spent the rest of their lives believing that the proudest thing he could have done was died as a soldier yeah and like lieutenant dan like lieutenant dan exactly uh <laughs> and so like it's yeah it's something where like i don't like reading it on the page i feel very distanced to but it's like man that was a thing yeah <laughs> I mean, it it most probably famously now, uh, it's it's ironically, but not in the text quoted. Well, in the text, but not so much in the world by Tyler Durden of the feeling of uh, we have no war to define us. Yeah, we Always have no great remember, war. Remember, everyone, Tyler Durden is the manifestation of insanity written by a gay man. So the quote snowflakes is completely. Out of context. Yes. Always was, always will be. Guys, many of you don't understand Fight Club. Yes, right? <laughs> none of you understand Fight Club if you think Snowflakes is an insult. Yes. Also, if you find it weird that uh, that when people point out that there's homoerotic uh, uh, subtext to Fight Club, because yeah. there literally is. <laughs> yeah. Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry. So we've I, I, let, let's uh, try our best to talk about what happens in this book. Sure. Uh, so, I think we can just cover the basic bullet points because yeah. actually mostly I really just want to hear your thoughts on the thing because okay. I, I I have a lot of thoughts on the book. You have a lot of thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. I got some hot thoughts. Like how much? The ma- hit single from Spoon. Uh, 
don't remember that. That's Gabriel, what's the, what happens? So just hurrying on through the book, there's a lot that goes on, but let's not dwell too long on it. Um, time passes in um, the Congo that mm-hmm. there's an opportunity to escape because war because the war is erupting because yeah Lumumba is executed and um, Mobutu is put in power basically by the CIA by the CIA my God can can you believe he did these things it's insane yeah we were active we man. were horrible we were fucking still horrible. are I'm sure hey remember what I said I think there's a really awesome point to make to point out that America's history is villain yeah no I agree with that yeah. I mean I'd say most of white people or most of like or like a white imperialism let's say in the world let's say more recently okay that's fair anyway um that uh orleana and the girls basically grow to fear and resent nathan more and more as he grows more and more erratic and stuck and sticks to his guns um let's see how can i what's what what very vital things happen um leah becomes more and more um Attached to Anatoly, the teacher and translator in the village. Yeah. And they become more and more attached to each other that she learns to fire a bow and arrow. And I'm skipping so much here. Well, basically. How, how about this? I think we can focus just just to help you out because I know you're going to need it. There's, It's a very big book. Yes. T- technically, a lot of... A lot of stuff happens, but not a lot of things happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. so like, I think the big things to talk about is that if you want, you can talk about like the ants. Yeah. The, 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 ants. the death. Yeah. Um, and then like the, the hunt, ants, and, the hunt, death, and escape. And then like yeah, the escape aftermath. W- were like um, because like time passed. I kn- we all knew time passes in this book. Yeah. But like most of the book takes place like within like a year. Yeah, I think it's like a couple years. Like really, a couple years? You think? Yeah, so? I all think right. so. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, when Rachel starts, she's fifteen. But when she, uh, by the time of the Exodus, she's seventeen. So okay, yes. all right, yes. So yeah. So Kill. um uh. <laughs> couple big things happen first let's go with the ants that um during um uh, i think it's a drought or it's a storm uh there's some kind of natural disaster everyone in the village wakes up to be swarmed by ants yeah in the middle of the night yeah yeah and it's just this kind of like like flesh-eating ants <laughs> yeah flesh-eating ants this like unspeakably terrifying horrible act of nature is happening <laughs> and everyone's starting to evacuate get in the boats and um orleana who's carrying ruth may she gets a real Sophie's Choice situation <laughs> where she's like um, Ada, who was a limp, is trying to limp on ahead. And then um, Orleana has a chance to save Ada and or Ruth May and chooses to abandon Ada. This like naturally affects Ada in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Ada gets saved after all, but then a seed of like, you know, parental, that's where not disappointment, uh, Resentment, Aban- aban- okay. <laughs> resentment, and abandon issues kind of cooks into her. Um, next, um, because everyone is starving, they decide to throw a tribe-wide hunt, where it's this kind of wild thing where they a whole a whole village circles um, a wide space for fire in the middle, and they scare animals into jumping through the fire and shooting them. Um, uh, Leah insists on helping out because she's a very good shot at the bow. Mm-hmm. Anatoly and, taught her. Anatoly taught her, and Nelson. Um, they're what's it called? They're uh, like uh, helper in the house, and this makes very bad waves in the village because um, people who, like Tata Ndu, um, the leader of the village, and uh, gosh, what's the name of the witch doctor? Six toed guy. Oh, I don't. Uh, um, Kalunga, Kalunga. You should. Fuck. I don't know. I do not recall. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll look it up. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, where there's a huge, huge like debate in the village about um about letting her participate, and eventually she does, and this. Because of the resentments in the village and some insults spoken, it kind of leads to this huge 
awful like like brawl in the middle of town where the town becomes even more and more divided. Yeah, it's I'm sorry, real quick. It's Tata uh Kuvu <laughs> Kavu Dundu. I'm sorry with the bad sure. bad pronunciation. Kuvu Dundu? Kuvu Dundu, yeah. Sure. It's all use and you can see uh, yes. right there. Yeah. The spiritual leader of the village. Yes. Um let's see, I had another really important thing to bring up that happens in, in the hunt. Thing. Oh uh Wait, what is the other really big one? I, I felt like something else pisses off uh, Coven Dagu. Oh, fuck, that's bad. Yeah, that's only going to get worse. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. But <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, the hunt happens, and then the village is divided even further. Uh, oh, something with oh, like another huge thing. Eventually, um, the the village chief, the leader, he goes into the church, which he'd never done before, and he asks the village to yes. vote whether or not like they believe in Jesus. Yes, turning American values on itself. Uh-huh. Uh, the idea, because it's, it's pointing out the idea that, again, and the, the chief says this himself, where Americans believe the right to vote, they believe in democracy. However, in, like a, in a situation like this, and missionaries... Uh, it's clearly a case of like, no, they truly believe that the minority holds holds the the power to to kind of like uh, put power yeah. on others, but like clearly the majority doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So they basically vote out Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they do. And like this, like like cracks like Nathan's brain, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. Like he just like cracks basically. Um, eventually, uh, they when after the hunt, mm-hmm. when resentments are at their highest, uh. They find the girls. They find a black, a green mamba in the hen house, and it kills Ruth May. Mm-hmm. And that's the last straw. Or Liana and them leave. And also, very much uh, the the uh, another very important thing is that it was placed there by the witch doctor, whose name I'm going to stop trying Kuvudundu. to pronounce. Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, because basically he like put a curse on the family and whatnot, saying that like all the animals will rise up against you. Um, uh, Anatoly. Uh, found a green mamba in his uh, in, like beside him on the floor and like mm-hmm. yeah so like he like clearly the dude's trying to like put uh, he's trying to hurt the people around the family not the family itself yeah uh, when he put it in the hen house he was trying to uh, get, Nelson. Uh, get Nelson who's like who's been living in the hen house hen house mm-hmm. um, and instead the snake kills uh, the five five or seven year old I think she yeah. would be seven year old Ruth May Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Apparently, a green mamba bike can kill you within 30 minutes. Apparently, yeah. That shit fucking sucks. It's yeah, scary. I don't like snakes. So, Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, the mother all of a sudden just goes, fuck this, we're out. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Like, she gives all the possessions to um uh, to the village. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like Nathan's only response is like, uh-oh, she wasn't baptized. Yeah. <laughs> he has a detached response where all where he just like the only thing he can say to his family after the fucking seven year old child has died is oh no she wasn't baptized and everyone's just like fuck you yeah right. yeah basically and then from there um the family leaves with the exception of Nathan who just becomes like a weirdo in the woods <laughs> becomes even weirder becomes even weirder um Orleana girls escape to um the town and from here we follow this is like the last like like hundred pages mm-hmm. or so where we follow their lives across the decades. Um, Orleana leaves with Ada, mm-hmm. um, back go back to Atlanta. Um, Leah and Anatoly get married. Anatoly spends time in and out of prison f- due to his um religious religious um political convictions. Yeah, because he continues to do like anti Mobutu uh kind of like yeah. like politicizing, mm-hmm. fighting for like like rebellion and everything. Yeah, like for independence, political ideals, yeah, independence. Yeah, and um, 
old Rachel, she uh, she ends up like owning a fancy hotel in like South Africa. Yeah, one of the best parts, <laughs> one of the best jokes on this whole thing is that like uh, each of the chapters uh, begins with the name of the character, mm-hmm. and at this point we start seeing them listed as like uh, as Rachel Price and whatnot. Yeah, it's like Rachel Price. Um, oh fuck, Axel like, Root. Axel Root, and then like they add another name, and at one point she has like four last names. Yeah, and then by the end she goes back to Rachel, just Price. Rachel Price. Yeah. yeah. So and then uh. Gosh, what's what's left to say? Um, uh, um, Ada, she becomes a doctor and she finds a cure through her um, uh, hemiplegia. Yeah, well, she uh, yeah, she she basically uh, gets pointed out that um, by another when she gets into school and whatnot, that another neurologist uh, or not another, she's not a neurologist. A neurologist mm-hmm. basically says it's like you know technically you should actually be not affected by like the debilitating yeah, her, effects. Her of this. slant was a learned behavior. Yeah, it, it was it was learned. It became a habit. Like technically, she pointed out, and it's very interesting that she was she never actually learned to walk mm-hmm. because she was never supposed to. Yeah. Um, like she kind of dragged herself around and whatnot because that's because just as a child she wanted to move. Yeah, she just like watched Leah. So like as like a twenty something year old she watched for the very first time. Yeah. And, it's, it's and, and, and also she starts talking more. Yeah. yeah because yeah, be- she she reprograms her brain basically. Yeah. Um, she does that. Rachel goes. Rachel has a lot of marriages. Yep. Um, she moves. She moves to uh, South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, and she kind of becomes like the picture of like expatriate white person living in South Africa, kind of like yeah. living on the shoulders of black, sh- exactly. uh, black shoulders. Exactly. Well, yeah. ma- basically maintaining like her complete like like white, not active white supremacy, but basically a white supremacist like like colonist <laughs> kind of shit colonizer shit it's like some good old like like mid 20th century kind of being like i'm not racist but don't touch but, me <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. not racist but i'm locking up the jewelry yeah exactly it's like oh god but i clutch my purse in the elevator exactly it's it's not <laughs> great um i have a couple funny quotes that i almost all of them are about rachel or like against rachel okay um i i said to you earlier that reading these rachel chapters makes me understand why people love like reality TV mm-hmm. where like I'm reading these chapters and, I, and I'm laughing because I'm like oh my god she's so awful <laughs> and I'm, I'm like oh is that the is that the benefit of watching reality TV is it enjoying the dislike of a being it's uh, well maybe oh how about this it has maybe has more to say about your kind of enjo- your particular enjoyment yeah. of this but yeah <laughs> go ahead yeah um, let me find one that I just really enjoy uh, actually I think these are just sick burns on Rachel uh, no here we go here's a uh, Rachel's talking about um, how she's in like she doesn't get why like Leah stays in, in Africa and doesn't visit her. Meanwhile, Leah is going through hell, trying just trying to be with um, Anatoly, and they're starving, and their and their kids are in trouble, mm-hmm. and life for Leah is hell. Meanwhile, Rachel's like, I don't know why she doesn't come visit me. No one ever asks me how I'm doing, mm-hmm. and she's rich and snug and tight. Here, uh, where did where'd it go? Um. Yeah, I picture myself taking Leah and Ada on the grand tour, sweeping my hand over the elegant mahogany paneling in the bar. Ta-da! Our grandly grandly opening the door to upstairs bathrooms, which have mirrors edged in faux gold. I could afford a reel, but it would peel right off into humidity. And give the overall effect of preparing very continental with toilet and bidet. How astonished my sister should be to see what all I've accomplished. Starting with practically nothing. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't care if they're gifted and know every word in the dictionary. They still have to give credit for hard work. 
like everything she's saying it's like, like you don't know anything um why rachel leah would say you have, you run this place of such genialness and vivacity i never knew you had such an ex- exemplary talent for the hospitality business ada would of course say something more droll such as why rachel your interest in personal hygiene has truly become a higher calling it's it's just like wonderful like rachel's not stupid but she just completely insulated herself from the responsibility. Is yeah. that the right word I'm looking for? Responsibility. Um, no, uh, Ada says it very well where um, she's she like by the end, uh, she's like probably the happiest out of all of them. Yeah, she has the emotional complexity of a salt shaker. Something like that. And <laughs> she says something else where, uh, oh, fuck, I already lost it. I was going to say like she said one, one case that like um, each of them have their own religion except Rachel, except she probably maybe probably worships herself a little bit. Yeah. But uh, she said like something like she spent all of her life with the belief that uh, that the that the path to being happy is by not thinking about the things that affect you, that yeah. don't affect you. I mean, <laughs> like uh, that th- th- Rachel reminds me of my own brother so much of like this person being like, I don't know why you're depressed all the time. I just don't think about it. And I'm like, so you understand nothing, but you're happier than me. So I don't know who wins. Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of the lesson of Rachel. I mean, because in in a perverse sense, she did technically start out with nothing. She came to True. she came to South Africa uh, with like some crazy pilot dude who mm-hmm. like was just, like was not like going to be a thing forever. Yeah, with technically nothing, and then she basically through socializing. Yeah, and, she wilded her way up, and like and technically kind of technically not technically. I mean, she's kind of like a con man, I guess. But like yeah. she she is married. She married into everything. And technically, if you consider that, if it's it's kind of like being a comment where like if you consider that work, yeah. If you consider that coming from nothing and building an empire, well, I you know? guess if you consider <laughs> like 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 seducing an old man and getting him to um like basically uh, what's her, not not inherit what's uh, uh what's the what's the <laughs> verb for giving someone something uh gifting <laughs> could be whatever bequeath bequeath yeah, yeah, yeah if, sure. if you receive something as an inheritance did you earn it yeah. And I mean, hey, uh, there you know, people, people do that. Uh, but anyway, um, everyone see Knives Out. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then basically, the book ends with um, a final chapter from the Muntu, the the the, the spirit. That's too simple a term of um, Ruth May looking at um, her mom, who's finally returned to Africa with her daughter. So we're all much older, trying to find her grave. Yeah, and her and her forgiving her mom. Or to ask her mom to forgive herself. Because her mother has defined herself after Ruth May's death uh, with basically seeking forgiveness, which is also yeah. how the book opens. Yes. Yes. So, Gabriel, clearly this book was shit and we didn't like it. Yeah, game <laughs> over, man. Sorry, Babs. Um, no. Uh, no, uh, Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, without you even asking, because I know you're going to ask it. Uh, no, I, I like this quite a bit. Okay. It is very long. <laughs> it's a long book. It felt long. And honestly, I think like the one thing, and, may, and maybe this is just me and whatnot, trying to cram this book in as quickly as possible. But, uh, uh, you know, I have my favorite stories in this and to the point where like, I, I, I was like, I was like, fuck the other stories. Let's get to the other ones. Uh-huh. Uh, because I particularly love, 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 love the character of Ada so she, much. Ada's great. Ada's, Ada is fantastic to the point where like by the end, I didn't really care what, uh, Leo was going through. I was like, I don't care. I know this book's about <laughs> you. Fuck off. Uh, uh, and uh, Rachel is fascinating on its own, but yeah, no, it's it's. Um, I like this quite. I had a bit. the most fun of Rachel's chapters. Yeah, no, the, Rachel's were were very very entertaining. I would have loved this mm-hmm. if it was almost nothing but just like Ada and Rachel stories. That would be pretty fun. Um, I mean, but then again, like you can kind of see that uh, that uh, Leah's chapters are kind of form like 
the main spiritual backbone. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I described this uh, last time. She is the Joe of the group uh, from Little Women. I suppose that turned out to be accurate. Because she starts out as the daddy's girl mm-hmm. who kind of like learns to be her own adult that like also in terms of this is that she uh, she refuses to kind of just be like you know like a simple submissive women woman yeah she she wants to kind of do her own thing she learns to do this blah, blah, blah. and also mm-hmm. she in in this specifically unlike in little women mm-hmm. uh she turns against she's the one who rebels against her father yeah the hardest at that yeah. point and her faith also is defined by rebelling on her father and, mm-hmm. and, and denouncing his faith yes uh gabriel yes Daniel. so uh how'd you how much did you hate this book <laughs> um i i'm i it, it took me a while to really get deep into it, but boy, I, I read this fucker T to B, like front to bottom. Um, front to bottom. Front to bottom. <laughs> That's how you read a book, front to bottom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I read um, the front, Barbara Kingsolver, to the bottom of the book with no text. Okay. Um, I really, really, really like this book. I'm a little surprised at how much I love the book. Yeah. That it, it's, I've never really shown any real interest in African history before, but this and homegoing and reading things fall apart, it's just, it's... You know, it's just it's uncovering the depths of your own ignorance more and more. It's like, wow, I really didn't know anything about this world. I tell you, tell you what, what's what's very interesting about that is that mm-hmm. this and things fall apart. For example, are still very much like an understanding of Africa from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, I mean, because uh, uh, what's his name who wrote uh, "Things Fall Apart"? Uh, Chinua Achebe. Yeah, Achebe. Uh, he he was born in England. America? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't fucking remember. I don't think so. Uh, or maybe, no, that's right. It, it parallels the story of the kid where he was born there, but he moved He moved to like England or America or something like that. And like that's- but He was born in Nigeria. Yeah, he was born- Then he moved to America. Yeah, but like pretty young. So mm-hmm. like he, so he, like him when he thinks about like his uh, Nigerian and also African culture, like it's still from like, it's like, man, I was a kid and I grew up in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this also, it's also, it's very- you would imagine kind of like holding your breath going in about like reading from like like a, a white person's understanding of Africa and religion mm-hmm. from like the 90s just being like, oh boy, what's this going to be? You'd be worried. You'd and, be right to be worried. And uh, yeah, no, she... Uh, like she deeply compassionate, extremely well-researched writing. Nicely nuanced. Yeah. yeah. And like the voice changes so often and brilliantly so like... Like, it's so wild, like, hopping between, like, Rachel and Ada. Like, you're saying that these are two completely inhabited voices, and they're, all, they're like, each one is distinct. Was, it's very impressive. What was the term that uh, Joyce Carol Oates taught us? Uh, it was, like, a theater term. Oh, Di- gosh, I don't Not recall. didactic. It's something with a D. There's a D word. Tweet at us. Ah, fuck. But, like, basically saying it's, like, a theater term of basically, that, like, you know, a character. Being an interpreter. Yeah, and, yeah, and whatnot. But, um... Yeah, and uh, Leah is kind of like the middle ground between the, let's say, three sisters, because Ruth, mm-hmm. Ruth made other count. She fucking did. Uh, she did! <laughs> although, you know, her stories are, again, written in a very interesting language mm-hmm. and whatnot as well. No, it's a very eye-opening book. Like, I would I would actively recommend anyone to pick up a copy of this and read it. It's long. It's very, very long. Yeah. Apparently, Amy Adams' production company bought the rights to it, and yeah. she wants to make a TV series out of it. Um, which, which is pretty interesting, and, uh, you know, clearly she'll make a fine Orleana. Um, oh yeah we can i tell you what gabriel yeah. we've been going along let's go on break when we come back we're going to uh we're going to play a game and then we'll do final thoughts afterwards we can make some wild speculations about like fun casting shit wild speculation like <laughs> sure uh wild speculations that's what we do in the show uh, <laughs> final thoughts i meant to say yeah um, but gabriel let's go on break when we come back we'll play a game cool let's break Blech. Welcome back. We're but we're Balanga. We're 
we're buttheads. Yes, we're precious. Dear listener readers, yep. precious. By satin all by sapphire. Um, yep. Uh, this is Slow Raiders, America's Vice President of Podcast by Dominic about Radio. I'm Daniel. Hi. <laughs> I'm Gabe. <laughs> Hello. Oh, that was good. That was one. That was a wonderful moment. We just went. Yeah, uh-huh. like that. Gabriel. Yes. It's time for us to play a game. And I'll play a literature game. It's gonna be very fast. Actually, this one isn't. Oh Jesus. This one okay. is not a literature game. Okay. All right. This is just this once. Okay. Gabriel wanted to do this. All right. Because Gabriel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you'll be very excited to know. Okay. That our old buddy. Okay. Johnny No Thumbs. Oh no! Is back. Okay, Gabriel. Uh, uh-huh. Just just to catch people up. Um, uh, don't worry. We welcome all reviews, negative, positive. Yeah, whatnot. please review us. And I, in no way, do I do I take away this guy's uh, review of us. But uh, I, I remember like a like a fucking year ago or something at this point, um, we had a one star review where that was actually written out by this person named Johnny No Thumbs, and it yes. just read on iTunes, right? On iTunes, yes. Uh, or AKA Apple Podcasts. Sure. Uh, but it read the headline was. As per usual, ellipses. ellipses. Down below, the bottom, ellipses. These guys are idiots. Fair enough. And I read this and I was like, huh? All right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. I love, no, I love it. And honestly, like, I don't even mean to, like, laugh and mock it or whatever, because, like, seriously, if you want to, like, give us a negative review, fine, let's go mm-hmm. for it. That said, when you click on the guy's name, you can read his other reviews. Yes. And they're all fucking like that. Yeah, they're all like, like, like ours doesn't have an eye roll emoji, which is surprising. Yeah, the other, like, his, his reviews are essentially, like, the text version of the eye roll emoji. Yeah, except he loves the last podcast on the left. <laughs> yes, and uh, and seriously, like, like ours is our, ours is the most simple. Like we're just plain idiots. Yeah. Like he has a lot to say about other planes, yeah, including honestly, he he wanted that one woman to shut up. Really yeah, no, badly. honestly, like he could have gotten real personal and real me. Instead, he's just like as per usual, these guys are idiots, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's fine by me. It means he listened to my show. So Gabriel, uh huh, you wrote some new reviews. <laughs> ones Great. That, ones that I haven't read on the air. Uh huh. However. Like, I was prepping a literary game for us. Then you're like, I got a game. This is more important. Okay. <laughs> uh, however, uh-huh. not all the ones that I'm about to read are actually from Johnny No Thumbs. Okay. And a segment I'm going to call Johnny No Guess. Okay. Yeah. Johnny No Thumbs Up? Johnny No Thumbs Up. Yeah, it's better at least. Johnny uh, No Thumbs Down. Gabriel. Yep. I have five reviews. Okay. Some of them will be actual reviews posted by Johnny No Thumbs. Sure. Uh, some of them I might have made up. Okay. You're going to tell me whether or not it's the real Johnny No Thumbs, if the real Johnny No Thumbs stood up, or if this is a fake Johnny No Thumbs. Okay. And you do not know what shows he reviewed, right? No, no. They're not listed. Like, you can kind of tell what they are from uh, context clues, like for the, the Last House on the Left one. Yeah, we have to, to detect of that one. I Actually, uh, there was one where I blanked out names just to make sure that it sounded... Uh, uh, Okay. That you can't tell if I'm making something up. All right. So, Gabriel. Yep. Number one. Mm-hmm. And I'll read these in their entirety. Okay. Number one. Mm-hmm. Cue the theme music. Okay. Headline. Dude. Ellipses. Okay. Body. You need to learn when to pause. Your thoughts run into one another, and the effect is confusing. Like when listing the sentence of those involved in the blankety-blank episode. I couldn't keep track of who the hell you were talking about. Four out of five stars. Oh, man. Okay. I think you made that one up. You think I made this one up? I think so. Final answer? Because I, I looked him up before, and I don't remember him using dude so much. And it seems like a little bit, like, written a little more 
well than normal. Because, like, I remember one of his reviews being like, Yes! Yes! Guy from last podcast to the left! Yes! <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess you made that one up. Damn it! Gabriel, that was an actual giant host. <laughs> Wait, so what were the names of the hosts? Uh... Cause I want to find out this thing. Oh no no, this one this one he says. Oh, it was based on here. I'll actually. Oh no, I have it open right here. One second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Goler Clan episode. How do you spell that? Goler is G O L E R. Goler Clan. Yeah. So. Let's find out. Oh my God! One second. Did I not write that down? Oh, there is another line. All right, hold on. It okay. wasn't done. Great. All right. Also, maybe learn how to pronounce basic words. If you're unsure, Google it before you record. I mean, come on, man. Okay, oh, I think that might have sold it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you needed that. It's like, it's like I don't know, this didn't feel like that felt like Johnny the Thumbs. Yeah. All right. Let's it might have been, like, hopefully this is not the case. It might have been the Human Monsters podcast, Child Abuse Part 1, <laughs> Incest and Inbreeding, the Goler Clan. Oh, no. Let's hope as fuck that's, that was This dude's not... like, hey, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dipshit. At the Child Abuse Podcast. All right, all right. Like, correct. Yeah, epic fail. There you go. App. Gabriel, got to move on. All right. Yeah. All right, so number two. Mm-hmm. Headline. Ugh. Or Ellipses. maybe it's a podcast called Can We Cult? Ellipses. Okay. There is nothing worse than a couple of idiots who are convinced they're smart. Blank, blank, you're morons. Just stop. One out of five stars. Ugh, you're in my head. <laughs> um, I think that's Johnny No Thumbs. You think that's Johnny No Thumbs? Yes. Final answer? Yes. Hey! Gabriel, that was Johnny No Thumbs. What were the names? They were like Bill and Henry. Or something. It was something very basic. Good All luck right. finding that out. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Number three. If Robert Evans is so smart, ellipses, body, ellipses, why does he mispronounce so many words? Three question marks. Robert Evans, like the producer? Three out of five stars. Hmm. <laughs> not Johnny Nothams. I think it's not Johnny Nothams. I have no idea. Final answer. Okay. Gabriel, that was that was uh, Johnny Nothams complaining about mispronouncing words again. <laughs> sure. Maybe he's a linguist. Oh, he's some kind of... Uh, I don't know what he is. Mm-hmm. God damn. All right. Also... All, all of, all right, now let's get to the, let's move okay. on. I want to, I want to just, all right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Number four. Sure. Headline, idiots, ellipses. Okay. Body, I've never heard so many people in the same room sound like such uninformed morons. Pick up a book, listen to the news, or Google something. Do something before you attempt to pass yourself off as intelligent people worth listening to. My 12-year-old niece can do better than this. Two out of five stars. I think you made that up. I think you made that up. Final answer? Yes. Yes. Good job. What was the giveaway? Um, I think it was a niece thing. The niece thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, usually he doesn't he doesn't give personal information, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that would have been it. Hey. All right, moving on. Last one. Okay. Number five. I wasn't keeping score. How so, did I do? Uh, two, two on two. Right okay. So, oh, damn. All right. So Gabriel tied up. This is your, this is your, your last chance, right? Okay. All right. Finally, what final if I've been looking him up like while you were talking? Final question. Mm-hmm. You're doing a poor job. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final, final thing. Yeah. Headline: No period. Okay. It's no ellipses this time. Okay. All right. Body: Get rid of the girly girl and stick with the main woman. Her vocal dry is unbearable. One out of five stars. Um, I think he meant vocal fry, but uh, I'm gonna guess that's real. I guess that's real. Final answer? Yes. 
for the win. Sure. Or the lose. Okay. Yes! Gabriel! The typo gave it away. Yeah, the typo gave it away. Also, because, no, it's a good point. I looked at this like, vocal, vocal dry. Yeah. <laughs> vocal fry, your good point, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yes, that was a real review. Again, uh, telling a woman to be quiet <laughs> because yes. he really does not like, he doesn't Johnny. like girly girl voices. Johnny, come on, man. Well, the the, the reoccurring things with this, and this is what I, this is what I fucking hate about audiences, uh, but uh -huh. uh, yeah, it's clearly like, it's like, Guys, tell that woman to shut up. He said that multiple times because clearly he has a problem with basically taking women seriously if they sound a certain way. Sure. Uh, I think the other one, he's like, tell that woman to shut up in the background or something like that mm -hmm. who's laughing. Yeah. Um, and also, all of these, all of these are about, hey, these guys think they're smart. Mm -hmm. God, they need to stop. It's like, it's like, Johnny Nothums, come on, man. Like, On the other hand, ladies and gentlemen, be more like Johnny Nothums and give more <laughs> shows reviews. They do help. Or they help. Even or, the bad reviews Or help. they're at least entertaining. <laughs> yes. Um, guys, so that's a little call for a call to action for you guys. Press a button or two. Give us one button press, either the follow or give us a review if you feel like it. Tell yeah. us we're idiots. We welcome it. Or just, and then we'll read your review on air. Yes. If it's, if honestly, uh, you should, well, first off, you should give us good ratings. Uh -huh. <laughs> but if you want to make the review entertaining, at least, do a, do a fake Johnny Notham style review. Sure. I'm all about it. <laughs> uh, for the show. And we'll read it and everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And honestly, personally, I really hate it when people complain about vocal fry. Like, mind your business. Yeah, yeah. It's it, especially when like podcasts where it's not like structured yeah. or like in a professional studio mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like it's fine. It's like fun. I know dudes who like like completely like that's their white whale like vocal fry. It's like, what does it matter? Yeah, I've heard so many actual professional audiobooks, podcasts, audio everything where like the audio quality isn't one hundred percent, and like. You, you kind of gloss over it like yeah. I think Gabriel and when we when we're on the job and whatnot we uh -huh. we overly care about like hearing breaths and whatnot yeah but you know what people fucking don't care people don't give a shit people don't care I, I was listening to something where like like it was like some older man and everything when he's talking you just hear him go yeah. <laughs> <gasps> you know every time like mm -hmm. well we just... notice because that's our job but anyway Gabriel mm -hmm. let's go out on, let's let's go let's, let's go, go back out on, on a break, break. Let, let's go on a break when we come back we have some final thoughts plus we can make some wild speculations on casting yep the fucking what do you, the Amy Adams show break cool welcome back hi everyone dear listener readers two Podcasting. No, I was gonna say harmonize. Oh, okay. Uh, no, too late now. I'm not gonna fucking do it anymore. Okay. I don't fucking care. Fine. That's bullshit. I don't know. Was it harmonize? You just all those gestures. I, I was gesturing at me. like like join in, and you're, you're, you're like you're like hey, this is the game. Bro. It's me. Welcome to the show. Putting your big fat fucking foot in That's it. That's how I do it. Yeah. I don't know. Gabriel, yeah. this is a show about books. I'm Daniel, you're Gabriel. Yeah, poison and also, wood. Time for us to finish up. And I can't believe we've gotten this far, Gabriel. We're 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 done talking about we're we're about to be done. Yeah, I'm talking about the boys in the Bible. What a journey it's been. Also, the uh, the title uh, is pretty good and whatnot. Uh, I love the for, title. Let's go through it real quickly for the people who haven't read this and who just want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. um, is that uh, early on there is this uh, the the these kind of roots and whatnot that like the father was kind of digging while like the, the like the local women were just being like, don't like, fucking don't touch, touch that, that tree dude. because it's poison wood. But essentially, like he was handling it with his bare hands and like yeah. he spent days like kind of like complaining about like these burns all over his hands and whatnot. Yeah, um, it's, it's perfectly emblematic of exactly everything the book's about. Yeah, it, it is. It is a very specific thing. Later on, 
there uh there's this th- there, like uh, ada points out that his father uh, her father is going around saying like G- uh, jesus is uh, uh, uh tata jesus is balanga is balanga yes uh, which uh, which means either precious mm-hmm. or when you say it, when you mispronounce it the way he is it basically says like it's like poison wood so like jesus is poison wood yes um and also by the end uh <laughs> like uh when they're a grown up and they're kind of like hanging out for like they're seeing each other for the first time in like a decade yeah and um, the sisters uh ada and leah start making a joke that uh that like they start saying like that Jesus is poison wood and everything yeah. like that having fun and also uh, Ada has the titular line by the end yeah uh, part of it is that um, Ada as an adult starts collecting Bibles of typos in them yeah. including like basically like, all these misinterpretations and these wrong words that change meanings yeah. that there's like a loin like a lion Bible where it's supposed to be lo- like loin not lion yeah it is like it like some are small uh, things like for example like it was like. Uh, something, something like kids came from his loins, but it was kids came from his lions. Exactly, it's called like the the lions Bible. Right? Yeah, or like uh, the murmur versus murder thing. <laughs> and so for her, like like in if the titular line that according to with with this mispronunciation, with this misunderstanding, mm. that it's the poison wood Bible. Yeah, uh, also because um, you know, ev- people would like take every little everything from the bible as literal and Mm -hmm. and like that is the that is the bible there's no analogy yeah um and like essentially like these people would straight up believe that like children came from his lions and be like no there's no typos in this This is the bible do you think like um scorsese um uh like like use this as a little bit of an influence as well when he made silence maybe or yeah like, but that's th- a great movie about the, the sim- similar themes that's actually a good point moving on to final thoughts this this uh this book has a lot of similar themes to both the original novel silence and also the the 2016 film by martin scorsese which i fucking love it's an amazing movie um it's very similar where it is a story about like a kind of like a christian in silence is catholicism right yes was it catholicism? i think so were catholics missionaries yeah. Okay. I think they're the Catholics, but um, priests. Basically, Christians. Christians going over to uh, the East and saying, "Hey, look, you what you guys believe in isn't true because this is the the truth." Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, it is the story. It is like the kind of story of like someone trying to uh, preach something that is genuinely believed to be good and mm-hmm. had the best intentions and the idea is that like the missionary belief is that well we need to raise these uneducated people yeah, we, we need, need to, educate. to save these yeah. savages and uh and basically then you have like the local government and whatnot in in silence which was outright violently persecuting christians mm-hmm. uh locals and also the missionaries and whatnot, or actually really physically torturing the locals yeah. Uh, making the uh, like the priests and whatnot. Uh, uh, I forgot the word for it. Apostola, apost- apostate. Apostate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Which is like renouncing their beliefs and whatnot. Um, and in like in a similar way, like this is like yeah, it's it's a very nuanced story where like n- no one is really one hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. The book is not, as you said earlier, anti-Christian. Yeah. Um, because I think it is all about how there are the Christians and there are Christians. Yeah. The the women each have their own faith. Yeah, uh, Leah is very much religious. Even Ada is very much religious and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They, they who have a belief in God. Yeah, in their own way. In their own way, that is notably, I think, defined by what their father's faith isn't. Yes, yeah, I, I think so. But um, Gabriel, mm-hmm. final thoughts 
Poisonwood Bible. Do you have any last major grandstanding fucking opinions? Grandstanding. I'm glad I finally read this. I would not have read it at all if we had not picked it for the show. Sure I didn't that. even know what it was. Um, I thought it was it was it was stunning. I thought it was a really really like especially you know you know like I had a complicated upbringing of my Catholicism. So anything that's like a deep investigation into imperialism, like white colonialism. Um, revisionist history, and especially when it comes to religion, it's a very engrossing read for me. I, I thought it was, I thought this was going to be a slog, and it wasn't. I was really, really into it. And if you like like these deeper questions, if you have, if you can admit to yourself you don't know fucking shit about Africa, <laughs> and you want to start, and honestly, I, I I have the only book I've read by like an actual like native. I mean, Chino Achebe doesn't really count. He, I mean, he does count, but he is a. Uh, I don't know. I like to read something more actually from African literature. I'm very, very curious, yeah. which is just the best thing you can ask for in a book if it awakens your natural curiosity. Mm-hmm. Daniel, what about you? Uh, I like this quite a bit. Again, um, me not being religious at all, uh, I still find it very interesting in the same way that like a lot of books on, on the Strand 80 are going to basically be... Uh, uh, like uh, at this point, like every time, I think the the, the it, going into this book, I was very much dragging my feet. I think one of the big ones is like, oh boy, another book about Jesus, fuck, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, and look, like in the past, we've had good books and bad books. I, I would dare say probably one of the other better books that we've read for the Strand Eighty was East of Eden. That was a great book, um, which is very much about Jesusy stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, and every time, but every time I'm like, can we read a book that's not about Jesus and it's uh-huh. not about some- Harry Potter is about Jesus. It is. It's about Jesus. Jesus. Harry Potter is Jesus. He was born back from Anna the dead. Anna Karenina is... N- oh, yeah, it is. Damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, whatever. As long as it's not like that kind of like... That, like a third of it is. That like, yeah, whatever. It's not about like like where I have to... Like me, who doesn't connect with belief... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you're going to hate a strong third of Anna <laughs> Karenina? Yeah, that's going to be the stuff I hate. But Yeah, uh, I don't even really like that stuff about it. For me, the, the stuff about Anna herself is the most interesting stuff. And then it's like Levin. It's, Don- it's Donald Gleason being like, who is this guy? Because you define, you define that story through the, uh, uh, the uh, Joe Wright movie. I just love Donald Gleason. Yeah. I'd follow him to the ends of the earth. Yeah, yeah you will, you fucking sicko. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no. So like, I'm always dragging my feet, and at some point, I do have to be like, kind of being like, okay, I understand that story that they that with their faith, I I get it. That's, sure. It's a story that's fine, but it's something I don't. Typical it's a, Lutheran. It's something I don't. Uh, Ex Lutheran. Yeah. Uh, it's it's something that I don't necessarily connect with in that way, but but no, no. I I love I, I like the story, and again, and I can't repeat enough. I love the eight edged chapters. Yeah. Um. There's something. There's something wonderfully kind of like very truthful and very much darker about her character oh, yeah. and how she views the things. wordplay the wordplay her kind of like her, ch- her she her choosing to be uh detached from the world around her because mm-hmm. like you know she's very much treats herself as some kind of as something discarded uh which something that um in your uh kind of recounting it and whatnot um didn't really include the during the uh the uh, ant attack let's call it mm-hmm. uh, each of the each of the daughters uh, has something within them kind of revealed about themselves, whereas, for example, Rachel, uh, during the during the when the ants are attacking, kind of becomes exactly who like we all know that she is, but she may but, uh, we kind of yeah. believe she's better. Where she's just completely panicking, only thinking about herself, hating everybody around her for not caring about her. Yeah, and she jumps into someone else's boat, expecting them to save her. Yeah, uh, because everything's about her. Um, Ada, uh, there's someone who's detached, just kind of thinking of herself as like a ghost in the house, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
for uh, talks I think for the first time um and I think she like she realizes she's helpless and she's call- she's calling for her mother for help mm-hmm. and she gets abandoned yeah um <laughs> and and Leah basically uh, has this moment where she's just confused and alone and kind mm-hmm. of like like and also gets rescued by Anatoly and also in this moment re- like for the first time I don't th- I don't think that she hinted at this before she tells Anatoly that she loves him mm-hmm. um so yeah. Um, can I read this one more, one last thing from her website that I really liked? Oh, sure, it's yeah. about it's about like Ada in a bit. Well, the question is, why did you choose to tell the story from five points of view, and how did you make them sound so distinct? Here's her answer. I spent nearly a year getting the hang of the Price Girls by choosing a practice scene and writing it in, a di- in, a ver- in every different voice. I did that over and over until I felt the rhythm and verbal instincts of the character. Rachel's malapropisms, love those, Leah's earnestness, and the bizarre effects of Ada's brain damage and so forth. Ada was the most challenging character I've ever created, starting with a lot of medical research about hemiplegia. Those long palindromes became a family project. We all worked on them. I gave not one single thought to the headaches I was giving to my future translators. <laughs> like, that's great. Yeah, I don't know what it takes. Like, it, it's not just, like, this and whatnot, but, like, other books where, like, language is so specific, especially with, like, modernism and mm-hmm. postmodernism. Yeah. Like, again, like, your Faulkner's and your Virginia Woolf's and your James Joyce's. Like, how do you translate that into Chinese? <laughs> I don't I guess you find a way. It's a whole art in itself. Honestly, I'm a little bit concerned because the addition of Anna Karenina I have, I don't really like the translation so much. Oh. The, the, old, um, I, I, the first time I read it many years ago, it was this very popular modern translation because the one I have now, it omits a lot of the, the, the patronymics and everything. Oh. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. Gabriel, uh, when we were at at the Strand, they had mm-hmm. the most recent translation. Oh yeah, the the, the trade paperback. It was oh, bigger. Oh wow. Okay. So like honestly, you should go back and get that. Maybe I maybe will do that. It is it is like the more recent one. Yeah. I have no idea what this. The mine is like the Barnes and Noble. Mine's old Bantam classic. Yeah. I don't. I have no idea. Mine might be the same as yours. If you're in L.A., go to the Iliad Bookshop. It's fantastic. You might find us. Mm-hmm. All right, Daniel. Is that all your final thoughts? Yeah. Do we have time for casting speculation? This episode's gonna be over an hour. Yeah. No. Oh, it's well over an hour, dude. Yeah. Gabriel, uh, uh-huh. final thoughts, final thoughts. I already did them. Gabriel, give us your final thoughts. Okay, do you mean my, my, uh, my, uh... Hazy my, memory? Yeah. My, I was like, my, Gabriel, my, we do my a shorty, thing. My shorty thoughts? <laughs> we do, we do a thing in this, in this, in this show, a little thing, uh, 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 thanks to uh, a seed planted in us, <laughs> by, mm-hmm. by... Ew. Shawnee B. Horny, <laughs> a.k.a. Shawnee B. Hayes from the Whip Around Podcast. Check out the Whip Around Podcast every Wednesday for all your weird news needs. Yes, and, uh, uh, he makes us do this every time. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's we mean. signed a contract. It's a contract. He doesn't mm. even pay us. Yeah. Gabriel! Oh, I'm going to be in the show in a couple of weeks, so oh. I'm very excited about that. Oh, cool. Uh, and then you're going to be in the show in the, a month and a half. Yeah, bro. Yeah, what? It's time for us to do fucking final thoughts. Oh, my God. Or not final thoughts. Uh, Hazy memories. Hazy memories. We're basically years from now, Gabriel, when you think back to Poisonwood Bible. Mm-hmm. Is there any specific moment or theme or element of this book that you'll that will be a hazy memory? I'm I'm gonna think oh like I I barely mention it in the recap but all of like Leah's like journey afterwards as like uh, as Anatoly's like wife all their struggles and everything uh-huh. that 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 sticks very deeply I mean this whole book like like it burned it's burned a hole in my brain mm-hmm. it's, it's like a lot of heavy thought about it the thought of like Nathan's cowardice which turns into a fanaticism Orleana kind of like turning into like a a single iron bar and just a lot of amazing imagery in this. My mm-hmm. fear of snakes will always reside with me. Mm-hmm. I really like that final, that final, final chapter, from the point of view of uh, Ruth Meza Muntu. Yeah, 
it's I don't I think the book was stunning. I I am I recommend it to anybody. Dies in the trees. Yes. What about you, Daniel? What are your uh, hey hazy memories? Hazy memories. Also, we didn't. Well, I want to say this. I'm sorry we're, we're, uh, to go back to like uh, talking about things that happened in the book and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention the awesome ending for Nathan, uh, oh, who yeah. apparently just like wh- when the sisters got together, Leah basically uh, reveals what happened. Where in like the time between Ruth May's death and like and that scene, we'd never really hear about what's going on with the dad who never left the village, even after like the mother yeah. grabbed the kids and we're like, we're yeah. fucking out of here. He, he like spends time wandering. Villages. Yeah, who literally became like a crazy white pa- like preacher who like had w- other wives. Old crazy beard. He had an old he had an old crazy well, he, white he beard. He didn't have any other wives. It was just room, like the, the rumor of the wives turned out to be the daughters. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, no, I I, I thought they were just well, I, I thought they were joking that like oh we were like the biblical wives of him. Oh, but whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it could be either or. Yeah. Um. But that said, like apparently what had happened is that because he was been obsessed with baptizing uh, children in like the in the river, he spent the early parts of the book not understanding that like oh there's crocodiles in the river and they killed a child there, so people don't want to go in the fucking river. Yeah. Um. And he was like super bummed out. He's like no one wants to go in my river. Mm-hmm. Uh. And so basically later on in life he had like a boat full of children. Yeah. That got overturned by a crocodile. All the children died. Yeah. Uh, and then basically, the, like the the village basically chased him up like a I forgot what it was, but some kind of tower mm-hmm. that was like a, like a, a relic of like a the colonialism or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And like they set on fire. And then when he's at the top, when finally when he catches on fire, he like jumps from the tower, and people just like leave him to burn to death. Yeah. And then animals dragged him away. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 fucking uh, wild. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, like, it's like the naked gun. It's like what happens to him at the end like of it. OJ. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Good, Good times. times. Good times. All those children yeah. died. But uh, no, it just it's it's, I don't know, it's yeah. Fine. But um, no. Uh, what a great book. So What's your hazy memory then? My hazy memory, Jesus Christ, fucking shit balls. Ah oh, man, I uh, it it's uh, so many wild thoughts. <laughs> I have no uh-huh. idea. Pro- well, I can t- I can cheat and say that, mm-hmm. uh, but not necessarily. I, I like again, I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed the character Ada. Yeah, uh, I love that character. Um, I, I there yeah no, it's fuck me. I I do <laughs> think that. That moment, also the way it's kind of like a, the grammar of it, uh, when Ada talks begging for her mother to help her during the ant attack and whatnot, mm-hmm. there's no quotations and ever. There's just a colon and then all lowercase letters like help me or save me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time she talks. And it's just kind of, it's very telling. It's very emotionally driven and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's l- that wonderful bit when, when Ada finally calls her mom and asks her, like, why did you, why did you abandon me? And why did, why did yeah. you save me? Yeah, when uh, when she starts, yeah, no, there, there's that as well. Moments like that, those are gonna be my hazy memories. I'm mainly gonna remember this for this. We didn't really talk about it all that much, but uh, the fact that like the first half of this book is very specifically about like this family, the and it seems like very much like a simple story about like these missionaries and whatnot, this mm-hmm. missionary family, what they're going through, and then like the second half, and especially what you're saying with like what happens to Leah as an adult like how this the story of the family is not like a, a like a parable of it but like a very like an adjacent story about what was going on politically with like the assassination Mobutu and everything like that mm-hmm. and it being like the story which again is very similar to silence this idea of like something that flourishes in another place does not flourish in this place because yeah. the, it just it is it, uh, put bluntly like a culture clash mm-hmm. like the beliefs don't hold yeah. or even literally like seeds like it just se- doesn't happen yeah and so like 
like it, there is a very like they King Solver. Uh, the best thing about this is that King Solver makes this very small, intimate story a very big historical story. Yeah. Without like bells and whistles like it's actually very fucking well done yeah like that that's that's it's uh, it's great great job barbara so let's stop talking about this. okay that's enough of that gabriel uh-huh i can't believe can you imagine mm-hmm. we never have to talk about the poisonwood bible again ever again we're fucking done bro i am deleting all my memories from it i know done gone beep gabriel yeah so uh yeah no so like next week next week we're not doing Anna Karenina. No, we're going to be doing two weeks of short stories and then we're going to do Anna Karenina part 1. Okay, Blana Karenina. <laughs> oh shit. And then uh two weeks of short stories then Anna Karenina again. Yes. Uh, if we don't complete Anna Karenina by the first time. Yeah. Um it's possible. Yeah, no, I might I, I think it's a it's it's for as long as it is it's very breezy. I might just breeze through this. <laughs> sure. Honestly, uh, that'd be great. That so that'd only be good news. Gabriel? Yeah. I wanted you to pick the next short story, but because like I did the last one, mm-hmm. you did not. Yes, <laughs> uh, that's fine. Um, you should really get one of those Ameri- when you're when you're at the Iliad. Get one yeah. of the Marikami short story. Books. Maybe get uh, Men Without Women. Maybe, was it there? I don't know. I, didn't look. I, know. Um, I don't. I don't read a lot of short stories, so I'm gonna research some short story collections. I'll check it out. All right. Uh, meanwhile, I get the choice to do it again. I would. I would actually. I. I can't believe we we can't do this, but. I wanted to read all of uh, 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 what we talk about when we talk about love by Raymond Carver. Mm-hmm. Instead, I will read the entire book and pick out three stories that we can uh, discuss for this show. Great. Uh, I don't know what they are. Definitely the first story, which is called um, "You." Sh- Fuck. We should dance. I don't remember uh-huh. something with dancing and we. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, we'll just look that up in the title for people who want to follow along. Just fucking get the book and read it all. It's fucking. Yeah. It is not to get too far ahead of us. Amazing, Gabriel. Yeah. That's a. That is the end of the show. I want you to do a thing called plug my Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. It is a heritage documentary podcast all about Asian America. I produced and I co-wrote and I performed episode three, the talk you were supposed to have. Um, it's all about my life. So it was uh, really hard. Uh, it was a good time, though. I was featured on the AV Club, so please listen to that. I'm very proud of it. Um, other than that, follow me at on Instagram at read.richards, read like reading a book. And fuck, um, if you're listening to this on Spotify... Press that follow button. You'd really appreciate it. Daniel. I, I, I almost interrupted you in doing your self-evident. When you said self-evident, I was like self-farted in. Jesus. <laughs> just, just for, I don't know. I had that impulse. And sure. I was like, I didn't. You did not. Uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. That's like a man saying, I was going to punch you, but I decided not to. I was going to punch you in the dick, but I decided not oh, to. I just, you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> okay. You're welcome for this fucking favor. Yes. Africa. Daniel. Jesus. <laughs> Tell them about our other show. Gabriel, or, or our other show. All right. You always throw it to me. It's I like, do. I have other things to talk about, goddammit. <laughs> Gabriel, we have another show called Watchmen on the Clock. On the Clock. Where we do, where we do, we do with Katie Kometz, uh, aka Katie, uh, fucking a bunch of names. Katie Zeitgeist. Uh, you can, you can check that out on any podcast uh, uh podcatcher app and podcatcher i was gonna say nobody consumers don't use this phrase podcatcher like i think only dummies use it i use it yeah exactly oh. uh <laughs> dig got me uh but no um so yeah uh shit happens uh watchmen on the clock check it out we just did the seventh episode uh and and whatnot we're almost done with the entire show yeah and then after this after the, after we're done going through each of the episodes of watchmen as they air we're basically going to probably go back and we i think we should 
No, we should do the comic first. Yeah. Then the movie. Obviously. No, we should. What's it called? We should do the book Watchmen and release it as both an episode of On the Clock and of Slow Readers. That's actually a good point. Um, and also, in the, uh, again, it's important because Katie has not had no idea what's in the original thing no outside clue. of what's in the thing. Yeah. Uh, pff, that was uh, just replacing every m- noun with thing. John. Uh, John. All that John there. Gabriel. Uh, meanwhile, you can also uh, 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 look into my fiction that I've written. Just go to topgauntradio.com forward slash press yeah, or just yeah. go to topgauntradio.com um, and you can find the press and whatnot. You can buy, you can look at information on my uh, fiction, uh, The Shadow from the Deep and A Cook in the Kingdom. I recommend all y'all out there check out A Cook in the Kingdom. That is the one I'm most proud of and I'm very happy with how that turned out. Uh, and that is the end of the show. Yeah. Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, do you feel like we went on long enough? <laughs> no, I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. Let's have a party. Party! All right, bye, everyone. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. Top